1: Hello and welcome to Second Take Podcast. A
2: bit of musicality, please. And I'm Zancy Webber. We had the chance, but we were scared. We walked away. We lived our lives in fear. And I'm Sebastian. Not now, Dad. And I'm Alex. Aww. And
1: today we are reviewing Strictly Ballroom, released in 1992, written and directed by Baz Luhrmann, Andrew Bevel, and Craig Pierce... Starring Paul Mercurio, Tara Morris, Bill Hunter, Pat Thompson, Gia Carides, Peter Whitford, Barry Otto, John Hannon, Sonia Kruger, Chris McLaid and Pip Mushin.
2: Do we We care care? about? Do we care about this movie? Yeah, it was a struggle to care. It was a struggle to pretend that I care about this movie. How dare you! This is
1: one of the best Australian movies
2: ever released. That's an insult to this fine nation and its kind of okay film industry.
1: Um, like it Mm. actually is like
2: critically, absolutely (laughs) well, Mm. standing
1: ovation at Cannes. Picked up for one million pounds in
2: cash. Yeah, but that the, same night, the French will stand for anything as long as they can stand up and walk away from it, because they are cowards. Right? <laughs> is that a thing? Is that wow. A, is, that, is that still a thing that the French are famous for? For retreating in war? Is that like a? Is that a fine reference? Or am I am I too far removed from the world wars to make that relevant? Jesus. Yeah. I'm too far removed. Mm-hmm. The French are upstanding citizens, and I do like their current president. What's their name? Emmanuel something something, whose last name just escaped me the second. Macron. I said, Macron? Yeah, there we go. He's not as handsome as the Canadian Prime Minister, but, you know, they're actually very similar look. One just looks like a Disney prince. Another one looks like a Disney prince's father. You could say king, but he wasn't the king. His wife is the queen. That was lovely. That was good. Good
1: one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. So how are we saving this film?
1: No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Sam has a useless... Useless Facts first. Okay,
2: so the film we are reviewing is called... Oh, no, I've literally just forgotten its name because I did not care, but Strictly Ballroom. Interesting fact about Strictly Ballroom. uh, The title of this film is 16 characters long. That's not including the space, so it depends on if you count the space as a character. It's 17 if you do, but I would never do that, so I'm going to say 16. That's my final answer. Alex? Good. Um, Facts on sheet. It's so many notes today.
3: Paul... Mercurio. Mercurio had a sprained ankle in the final dance sequence.
2: Sure did. That was the one with all the stomping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, that's, that's why it looked terrible. Mm.
1: <laughs> that's why they cut away to his feet because they, they, they had a whole bunch of cutaways to his feet in front of a light. Yeah. So, yeah, they kind of filled that in because he couldn't do all that kind of tapping that they had shown previously.
2: Actors are giant babies. That's for sure. That's the stance <laughs> I'm taking today. Water. What a baby man! (laughs) No, no one's going to back me Uh, up on
1: this. No, dancers are probably the fittest people on the planet. I didn't say say. he
2: wasn't fit. I said he is a baby. Babies are quite strong. So, if anything, I'm agreeing with you, Zane. Actually, I've got your back. Yeah, but he has the temperament of a baby. Strong in the strong in the body, but weak in the mind. So he's
1: not a ballroom (laughs) dancer. He's a ballet dancer. So he did a six week. Intensive course on the choreo.
2: Is he like Billy Elliot where he's also a boxer? He's not because he's a baby and baby boxing is illegal.
1: Billy Elliot is actually a child, so yeah, but this is a closer baby. to a baby, yes. Paul Mercurio was actually almost disqualified for the role because he was 10 years too old. He was 28 and Scott is meant to be around 18, 19.
2: Yeah. Can I give an interesting fact about this film? I mean, sure. Is it going to be real or fake again? Uh, it's an interesting fact from my viewing of the film. In the opening sequence where they're all dancing, mm. um, I thought that the main character was the um, detective from Twin Peaks. And I thought the guy, the guy with the white hair was Leland Palmer from Twin Peaks. And I was like, why are there so many Twin Peaks people in this film? Turns out none of them were in this film. It's crazy Australian. And I don't know any of these actors, but almost. I thought Kyle McLaughlin was there, uh, the main character here. Mm. It was not Kyle. Mm. Yeah, that's the right one. Yeah. I'm locking it in, Eddie. Another local Australian <laughs> reference for our international listeners who have never fucking heard of this movie. Uh, I'm, a lot of people have heard of this movie. Oh.
1: This this movie is actually responsible for Dancing with the Stars.
2: Oh. This
1: movie, after this movie came out uh, in the UK, they revived a dance competition with the celebrity twist called Strictly Come Dancing. Then it was turned into Strictly and then whenever it was uh, exported elsewhere, it was called Dancing with the Stars.
2: That makes me angry. Like That's like, hey, you know that movie you love? It's the reason Big Brother exists. Oh, God, The Truman Show. It's the reason Big Brother exists. It's oh. not bad. Okay. You, you don't like The Truman Show? No, I love The Truman Show, but knowing what it did to history, that's the real thing.
1: I don't think. I mean. I don't think. Dancing with the Stars is as big as a crime as Big Brother.
2: Not as big as a crime, but, I mean, a crime is a crime. What's wrong with Big
1: Brother? Yeah, Sam.
2: It's not a controversial opinion to say <laughs> it's a hunk of shit, right? Like, <laughs> like, I think I'm on the right side of Have history here. Have you ever watched Jersey Shore? Uh, I've seen an episode at a friend's house, but never, it's like, sorted similar out.
3: similar to Big Brother, yeah. but the people get paid to just go Be out terrible drinking people. every night
2: and, Yeah. Kind so- of funny if you if you really watch it. I'm gonna put myself down as refusing to. Just give it a go. No, <laughs> no. It's like Game of Thrones, but with oh, so they all die. Dumb American in people. <laughs> is it like Game of Thrones? Is it? The whole time, in Mike. The situation is just like guys. Got to remind you that summer is coming and our bodies aren't ready because it's all about being beach ready. I believe is the theme of the show. Nope, they're always well, beach ready.
3: Yeah, they're mostly always beach ready. Yeah. Bloody Guido. I, mean, live on I a can beach. say
2: Guido because I'm also Italian. It's not racist. It's just I'm using it in derogatory <laughs> term for them because they're less than human to me. Now, Kind of remind me of Vinny. Which one's Vinny?
3: Vinny? I, don't, dude,
2: well, I, I do not watch the show. I'm surprised I said Mike the Situation. I know Snooki, but only because she was at WrestleMania. Mike the Actually, Situation, Something. Vinny,
3: yeah. Pauly D, Snooki, um, Sammy... And then there's the and other one. And then the rest. <laughs> and
2: everyone's like, "Where's the Pucci? other one?"
1: That was really annoying.
2: <laughs> mm.
1: This um, is a great, great little <laughs> tangent that we went on that we know nothing about. This show that we want to talk five minutes about.
3: Care more about. Jersey Shore than I do about this film. That's I'm nice because that out this there. is one of
1: Zane's favorite films and we're going to be uh doing the whole red curtain trilogy including Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. I
2: am more excited for the other two. <laughs> I mean I, I I I've seen Moulin Rouge and I don't like it, but new new fresh take. Both
1: Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge were uh nominated for Oscars. Yeah, they were. Mm, they sure were.
3: Was this one? No.
1: No. It mm. didn't re- it didn't receive a a play in the U.S., so it wasn't eligible. Fair. So <laughs> this movie started out as an improvised play by Basil Luhrmann and Pat Thompson, who you played have the an mother. Improvised play, but have it's a creator. exactly the same as the improviser play. Okay, you play; it's, it's improvised, like, and it then of course it was picked up and turned into a script, and then he turned it into a movie, super low budget, um, of course. But Pat Thompson, sadly, who played Scott's mother probably one of my favourite characters in the movie, passed away before it was released in, in 92. Jeez.
2: Oh, I had some unfortunate words for her role in this film. So now I will tone them down a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. We sh- we'll get to it. I said to Alex, we watched this movie together um, the, the night before the recording because I always struggled to find a copy of it. And um, I made a really solid observation about her in this film, but... uh. I'll decide how tactful I want to be about it so later. So this
1: is Baz Luhrmann's <laughs> first directorial, mm. de- uh, first film. I think you can tell. Debuted. Um, yeah, you can tell. And when you direct a movie, I will judge it compared to this one. That's same. not
2: my career choice. So <laughs> so I guess you're in the, you're in the clear. Yeah. Um, when you say, sorry, back to improvis- improvisational play, would it be different every night or was it just like they came up with it, one the spot and then I just repeated the same thing? I don't know
1: because I haven't seen it. I imagine that it is a framework that they improvise within. Like, so every but scene is, is yeah. your here's where we start. Movies. Here's where we end. I thought you would know everything it's, about it. Well, I didn't see the show. I was not okay. there in Sydney when it was happening. So but you, you're
2: like sixty years old. He is like a hundred years old in the sense that he's timeless, like a tree.
1: This <laughs> was almost thirty years ago, guys. Yeah, I don't almost know how old you are. Ago. So that could be helpful.
2: That could not be helpful. <laughs> Who
1: knows? And also, I've lived two places in my life. Bundaberg and Brisbane. Neither of those are Sydney. No, I was like, yeah, I, I did the yeah. math and none of those
2: are Sydney. Never
1: travelled anywhere ever before because that's unheard of. It I, is. Not never. Not, He's from Bundaberg. To Sydney. <laughs> not to Sydney. Never been to Sydney? Really? Don't plan to. Yeah.
2: It's like Brisbane except bigger and yellier.
1: Good. Good. That's mm. selling me. Yep. Um, There's a harbour. Doris Day had a private screening organised for her.
2: Every Doris has their day. And every day has its night. Mm-hmm just,
1: just going to let that sit for a bit. I thought that was pretty... Let that
2: uh, sink in. No, it's, uh, I mean, like, everything we said was true, except for the Doris having their day. I mean, there's probably some Dorises that haven't lived through a day.
3: Maybe. I hope not.
2: Yeah. Zane, just
3: so you're aware, this is your uh, Warriors. So maybe later in in the future I will come around to the fact that it may or may not be a good movie.
1: Oh, I know it's a good movie. And you've said that other good movies are really... Bad before. Yeah, so it's like I have a different <laughs> opinion
3: about things than you. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and a wrong one. So, yes, yeah. uh, because every opinion guys, that opposes someone an is, is wrong. opinion is like a penis. Is this how our ad goes? <laughs> I don't know. Does it? Uh, well, I don't listen to the other shows.
2: I know ones. you don't.
1: So maybe you should. No.
3: <laughs> this is the only one that matters. No,
2: I like a new old order. <laughs> it's a pretty good show. I understand um, what I said. All right. Any more trivia, Zane? Oh, I've got lots, but it'll come up. Okay, wonderful. What's next, guys? Movie baby. I yeah. actually struggled for this one. I didn't. But I came up with Footloose mixed with Looking for Alibrandi. Because I felt tonally it was like Looking for Alibrandi, and there were some similar motifs from Footloose, which I'll get into a little bit later on because of course I will. Oh, Any challenges? Anyone want to jump in the ring with me against those, or are you all happy no. with
3: that? Your choice no. of Footloose. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Uh, Alex um, had Best in Show. That's a good one. For the competition aspect. And also Blades of
1: Glory for the, the competition, competition aspect. <laughs>
2: this is just right. like your Han Solo. Like, it reminds me of one Heist film and, and another. another Heist film.
1: <laughs> uh, mine is uh, Strictly Ballroom. And Which is what I
2: thought we were going to wait. No, this is what we Not
1: strictly ballroom. (laughs) It is strictly ballroom. Uh, My my movie babies are
2: Muriel's Wedding. Yep, Uh, and Bring It On. I never seen Bring It On Mm. or Bring It. Color
1: Me Surprised.
2: I don't like (laughs) dance films. Apparently, guys, I have a genre that I stick away from. It's not.
1: It's not a dance film. It's a cheerleading film. Cheerleading film. What's
2: the What's the other one? Step Up. Step Up. I haven't seen Step Up either.
1: All right, I'm sure. That the, I'm sure the list of movies that you haven't seen is quite extensive. But the ones related you don't to need this, to convince me. The ones related to
3: this, I haven't seen. I just, what's the one with Rebel Wilson and they sing Pitch Perfect, which yeah. I also have not seen. It reminds me of that. Never seen it.
2: <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. Perfect. That's great. Oh, this is going so well, guys. It's Shane like a well-oiled so machine mad. of a
3: podcast. Shane is so so mad. <laughs> It's fine. I'm not mad at all. Oh, that saying there's a fake I'm not mad at
1: Does all. Does anyone have voice. a tweet? I, I'm not mad, but I think you're underestimating how difficult it is to lead lead a conversation where it's just me saying something and you ignoring what I said. No, no,
0: it's fine. It's fine.
2: They're used to it. Anyone have any tweets that they want to do? Do you all prepare yeah, a I, tweet? I've
3: prepared also? a tweet.
2: Well, I would love to hear
3: it. Um Dance Dance Revolution meets Bez Lerman. Hashtag went 40 minutes longer than I needed it to.
2: You wanted to be a 50-minute movie?
3: Well, when, I, when I, we watched this together, yes. and it was literally like exactly halfway through, <laughs> and I was like, I thought we were near the
2: end. Yeah, so he paused the movie, and the little scroll came up telling us how long is the movie. He's like, oh, fuck off. It's gone 45 <laughs> minutes left. It's it really funny.
3: Legitimately could have just been the mood that I was in, the fact that I was up since five yesterday on my day off, or like it could have just been the movie. I don't know. I'm not going to pick it's
2: one or the other, but um mine was it's like the town of Footloose, but everyone dances, but also it's still kind of like Footloose because you can't dance that way. Footloose is about dancing, right? Not singing. I did get the right yes, reference. Footloose. Excellent.
1: Is about dancing. But
2: everyone dances in this town, but there's a certain way you know to what, do it.
3: The, the one that I think you're thinking of is Chin Loose, which is like Foot Loose, but it's about singing. Mm. You can't sing that way. You, you can't. Not with without a chin. chin. It's like, it's Cher, I'm pretty sure. You Cher know, yeah. has a massive oh. chin, I think. <laughs> um, she does that thing with her chin.
1: I'm not aware that Cher does the thing with her chin. <laughs> I'm no, going to Google it, but it it's going to take
2: me to the deep web and I'm not doing it. <laughs> <I need> it?
1: <laughs> Hashtag best movie ever. Fight me!
2: I'm not here to fight you. I'm no. just thrown down.
1: So fight me! <laughs> All
2: right, I'm going to fight Zane. No <laughs> Let's one's, with no the band. one's here to fight. <laughs> uh, sorry about, um, Okay, this film struggled to engage me, and I want to go into why this was. Yes, and I think it's honestly because there's a lot of actors that within the pool of Australian actors, especially back in the 90s, where there wasn't much choice comparatively. I just feel like there weren't many engaging characters in this film. I, there was one which I'll get to in the good, but for the most part, I just felt nothing about anyone, and I found it really hard to just get invested in the story. The story itself wasn't anything like hugely special. It's a sport. This is a, this is effectively a sports movie. You've got your team, your know, except of your your know, your team that everyone thinks should be great, but just can't you know, achieve as much as they should. You've got this one dancer subbing in. So like the as a genre film in that genre, it functions as perfectly as it needs to. But it just never grabbed me, which is unfortunate. And I'm not sure it's because I, I tend to avoid Australian comedies because mm. I, I they can be really hit and miss. These like the ones that have come out more lately, I can get a little bit more on board with. And I think it's because they're the humor never really sits well for me. But now, just you know, through globalization, the humor's a bit more you know opened up and a little bit more clever. But I just mm. I don't find it charming. Like Zane brought up Muriel's Wedding as a for one of his babies, like comparatively. Mm. Mother movie I just don't find funny. Like I just mm. can't get on board with it, so I'm not laughing, and I don't give a fuck about the characters. But it's not because the movie film was made badly. It's just this has never been a genre, an aesthetic. Sorry, the Australian type that has ever grabbed me, and it's the rare movie will. Like when we watched Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Once I think there's like two year difference. I think we worked out last yeah. night in '94 that came out in that movie. I was fully on board with, and I had a great time watching it. But I think it was. A, it was a lot funnier, but just fine. This movie wasn't, you know, here to be a strict comedy. It was obviously a bit fanciful in the way that it came about. But the people in that film were just so much more engaging. Like we had young Hugo Weaving, which was, I mean, he was amazing in that film. But in this guy film, P.S. I never. So, and guy P.S. Yes, but in this film, I just there was one character that grabbed me the entire time that I was like, I want to follow this story. But unfortunately, this character wasn't one of the wasn't a main character. So for the main part, I felt really left behind by what was being put on. Yeah. But there are good points that I'll get into later. But that's pretty much my main whole thing. It was a big vague thing. Like I no, it was never scene to scene that it lost me. Yeah. Like it, it was actually quite competently shot, especially given its age. It just never I never got wrapped up in the in the story, which really was a pity. For me, I think it was an aging <coughs>
3: aging thing. Yeah. Um I c I'm the same with you. Like I can get on board with Priscilla. Um, but I don't know, it was just it felt so Slow, the like the pacing of the movie, and it wasn't even a long movie. It just it felt slow. It didn't engage me. I would love to see an updated version of this film,
2: yep. like revisited. Um, maybe that'd catch me more. Honestly, if it was- even if Baz was doing it again, like we we know his later work when he did Romeo and Juliet and when he was on Moulin Rouge. You know, he he's developed quite a punchy style. Especially yeah. he, obviously, they're all musicals in some way. All well, this a lot of music elements to them, he can make them really adrenalizing and exciting. And obviously first attempt here, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hang the man out the dry because no. he this first one didn't do it for me. But yeah, if you would even retouch it like today as yeah. in sorry do another one today, I'm sure I would be much more on board with it because it would be an exciting film. But it, this film is just so be, one note.
3: It'd be such a different film, but like I'm I'm the same. Like I can't get on board with like step up or um those sorts of sport Dance. movies. It's yeah. like it's that genre of that that sport sort of movie. It's um, more like a comedy, like Cracker Jack, another Australian film, a little bit um, more recent though. What was that, like 2000 yeah. so or something?
2: Cracker Jack for, honestly, I don't really think this film got distribution outside of Australia, but it's for those uh, for overseas listeners, it's a lawn bowls movie, which is the most yeah. boring sport possible. But it, that that movie is definitely much more drenched into comedy than this film was. And it exactly. Is, yeah, it's a very so, good time comparatively.
3: It's it's that it's the comedy that I can engage with in Crackerjack that I don't think Strictly Ballroom had, which is not what they were going for. Which just means it wasn't my type of movie to be watching. Which is weird because so it's it was just it was hard for me to engage with something that I wasn't.
1: Interested in having to? I'm watch. glad that you both so. blame yourselves for not liking this movie because I agree. Mm. Um, I, I agree that Crackerjack is Crackerjack. The movie is really just a a Mick Malloy
2: vehicle. Vehicle, yeah. exactly. It, it yeah,
1: exactly. exists for Mick Malloy to make like jokes. jokes about Australians and lawn bowls. Exactly. Whereas this movie is is really there to make fun of the the personalities that exist in this very. Hyperbolic world, and mm. I think that's what Baz Luhrmann does well and continues to refine going through. So, comparing this and Moulin Rouge is very difficult because this was made on a three million dollar yeah. budget, Moulin Rouge on like a hundred million dollar budget. Oh, I completely
2: understand. Um, yeah.
1: But I think what we see here and what I really enjoy because I compare this movie to Kill Bill in that it's a real, it's a real pinnacle of its genre, and the genre being. Uh, romantic comedy okay yeah so in the sense that there are three levels of reality where you've got the reality that the audience is existing in where whether or not you are aware of this kind of person this stage mother this uh hysterical dancer this uh this competition focus or and then you've got the world of the movie where they are these people and they this pan pacific national championships they are the most important thing and then you have the level on top of that where they've got the memories of these people which are these hyper-coloured cartoony mm. representations. And I think that is and the archetype is what the comedy comes from, not from the actual dialogue um, or, or the actual action. It's the interaction of the characters and the juxtaposition of that to actual reality. Mm. And I think that's what Baz Luhrmann does well because he does that to just plain romance in Milan Rouge and to teen movie in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, it's really the archetypes and not... Characters aren't really developed or explored in here. The characters don't change. They are who they are. And the story happens because of who they are, mm. not they change throughout the story. Yeah, um, It's totally self-driven, which is what I really like about it.
2: Yeah. So I think Alex actually hit the nail on the head when he brought up Best in Show as part of his um movie babies only because I felt like obviously given like we're in the competition area that aside I feel like these jokes had the sorry these movies had the same style of humor but in Best in Show I think everyone was turned up to 10 with it whereas I felt like mm. they were going in the same direction in this film but I feel like everyone is much much lower like it's the same tone but they're not pushing it like I said to the 10s it's maybe a 5 or a 6 like and I think that's for me where it kind of lacked in its showing like the ridiculous nature of these kinds of people. Like I don't need to see it exaggerated into like clownish or cartoony, but I also think it was just like one or two steps, a little bit more subdued than it needed to be for me to feel like, aren't these people ridiculous? Cause I feel like, yes, these people are ridiculous, but this film is also playing them so close to being so close to being straight and also funny at the same time. Like it, that's where I kind of fell off because it wasn't ridiculous enough for me that it felt like a comedy, but it also felt like it was realistic and maybe not making fun at the same time. And I just yeah. feel like it was caught between tones. Well, at least for me, being an outsider, like this this is very much not my world. I'm not saying it's Zane's world either, but I have really yeah. no attachment to th- this form of arts like, at so all. Zane
3: is a stage mum,
1: didn't you know well, yeah, also I did forget, of course. Stage mom without a child or any vested interest in their success. Yeah, it's very weird.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So what about the good? The good? Uh, the father. I really enjoyed the subplot with the father. He was the, I felt really bad for the character the entire time. I liked the the little builds during the beginning of the film showing like, oh, he's like that, that ridiculous scene where he's dancing by himself was actually really funny. That's one of the ones I laughed out loud at. But he mm. um, did. It was real because I, I lost my mind because I was like, what is going on? Because I haven't seen this film before, so I didn't know where it was building to. And yeah. being the little story of like, you know, he actually used to be a dancer. He's not just the quiet father for, you know, he's got his reasons why he's being more reserved these days. His arc was fantastic. And I liked even the the villain, um, the guy, the um, the judge. He was quite interesting as well because he had like these little motivations in the background that he was working on and he was Really, the only negative driving force for the film, and I think he handled it really well. It was just I just found the lead uninteresting, but everyone like the support characters, like yeah. particularly the judge and the father, really solid. So for and me, Fran,
3: I think did a great job at being the love interest, or yeah. you know, like trying to be the love interest and then becoming. Yeah. Um, so like that that character was
1: played very well for what she needed it to be, and mm. honestly, and that's the thing. Like those characters were never set up to be the interesting ones. Yeah. That literally, they're the straight men in this world of crazy characters. Yeah. Um, and that's
2: the contrast between the, the the two worlds. It almost goes without saying, well, actually the, the dancing was good, but you'd hope yeah. for a film that's around, you know, dancing is their action sequence in this case. Yeah. Um, Some I prefer to others. Some I just, for me, it was just like white noise, but I really enjoy when France like the Spanish parents. stuff started coming yeah. in. That was a bit more visually interesting and like, the the, out, love the outfits and actually that whole flashback sequence showing the fake story of the father's downfall, okay. that was that whole sequence was probably my favorite extended bit of the entire film and honestly anything the father was in was great for me but that was a particularly <laughs> enjoyable moment because it played it with the colors so it was like oh, okay this is really interesting visually it's funny that you say that
1: because really it's pat thompson that won me over which one was shirley the mother it's oh, yeah. like when when she's trying to deal with the the three dancers. You've got you've got Tina Sparkles and Fran, and the scene where they're just repeating Fran, 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 and they yeah. do that. Baz Luhrmann does this really well with repetition making something funny. Um, I, I think, and, and a, every scene that she's in, she's just totally domineering, steamrolling over everyone, and like I think without her. Being that way, that the father would not make any sense. Uh, so I think that pairing as well with with Barry Fife, Bill Hunter, the bad guy. Yep. Um, From Cracker Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, uh, I was
2: pointed out to be last night during the film, and I could not pick him until his hair came off.
1: Bill Hunter yeah. is in
2: everything. He, like, I love Australian him. He's everywhere. Fantastic actor. If there's
3: an Australian film and he's not in, it's not
2: an Australian yeah. film. Well, apparently. Right. <laughs> yeah. The only, the bad comment I had to make about the mother, mm. and it wasn't her performance. This is mm. this is a Christina Baransky situation. Mm. The way she was made up, I, I said to Alex, if I was drunk and they were side by side, I wouldn't be able to tell her and Terrence Stamp from Priscilla apart when they that's were all made up. That's the point. Yeah.
1: That's the whole point. Because yeah.
2: that's why at one stage I was like, is that actually a dude? I can't tell if this is like a, a running joke for the film or not.
1: Because she's she's a makeup. Uh, she sells cosmetics. Yeah. So that's why she's so made up all the time. But
2: it was yeah, like, <laughs> I said that I was like, oh my god, she just looks horrible. But yeah, yeah. That, and that's I fine. think
1: that is that's part of this exaggerated world is these people who are stressing about getting this done right are so always have a sheen of sweat on them and they're all always sticky. Yep. Whereas Scott and Fran, as soon as they find each other, they're not. Mm. They're they're kind of set in they found their their Happiness there. So, yes, o- not always is a woman's ex- appearance a uh, 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 a thing to hold against them. I
2: didn't <laughs> hold it against her. I just made the comment that she looked exactly like Terence Stamp.
1: She doesn't look anything no, like in Terrence Stamp. Mo- the,
2: may- the way she was made up in this movie, <laughs> she did. I'm not saying she did. Her character did. And apparently by choice, which, of course, was by choice. Miss on send, motherfuckers. Anything else? You dig this hole a little deeper. Yeah, that's fine. Just as deep as they need to be. Anything else we're doing good right now are we Yeah well
1: we've done bad
3: <clears throat> mm. Um our friends family I that they were fun that my favorite scene was when they made him dance mm. at the back like
1: that that whole bit there was probably the,
3: the most engaged I was
1: in And the that, that again that that's the real world where yeah, he's, exactly. he's taken out of this elevated world of, of dance competition and into yeah. the real world, and he, yeah. and he learns how to be a real person there. Yeah. And I it, think, yeah, that, again, like, it's one of my favourite scenes as yeah, well. Yeah,
3: it's, yeah, like, hands down, probably the best scene. And then the you have
1: the iconic scene when they're dancing in front of the Coke sign. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And was, later on, there's a big fantasy sign. Uh, uh, this the film must life. have had some intentional, I guess, I mean, it's all the it, film. It, but, they yeah. got,
1: they didn't get any money for it. They, they basically got permission to do it in front of. They got the location. Okay. Uh, but that's something that you'll see in Baz Luhrmann a lot. Is kind of this use of commercial artwork as mm. scene, as, as as scenery, as kind of a beautiful piece of art to act against. Okay. Yeah, because you see that for, in Moulin yeah. Rouge, um, specifically. Uh, but yes.
2: Hmm. Uh, any other comments in either direction about this film before we move on? Um, just say it was so short. It was so short, and a lot of it was like, yeah, argument here, dance, argument here, dance. It's really hard yeah. for me to grasp onto. Like, apart from like a couple of individual sequences, like specific parts that I really liked or didn't like, because it was very similar most of the way through, with a couple of exceptions.
1: I really liked all the support, all the support dancers. I think they they were really kind of the audience through this, like they were all like, Oh, I don't know. I just want to succeed. And then as soon as they see what's going on, they, the immediate turn is that that's what kind of ups what's happening at the end and kind of makes yeah. the fi- that final scene worth it. Uh,
2: I did like it, particularly in the end scene as well. Like the bit of the dance that happened just at the claps as well. At first I was like, why is no one joining this man and clapping? This is so fucking awkward yeah. because it just <laughs> went, it went on like a couple of beats too long. I'm like, what are they waiting for? And then when they started doing all the unison I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that fixes up in my brain a bit because I was just like, they've really stretched out this slow clap build-up for nothing. Uh, it was
3: just, it was the beat.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I just, I didn't catch it because yeah. I, I thought it was just trying to, st- I thought they were going to, like, applaud them and everything. Everyone be, like, you know, booing the judge. And I didn't realise it was making music for them to continue to dance. Right.
1: <laughs> and it has one of my favourite happy endings it is kind of like the, it, because everyone who is so heightened and, and focused so much on on this winning or whatever, Kind of come straight back down, and they just all dance. I think that that's great. And also, they don't make the easy joke of gay dancers. There's one gay character in this whole film.
2: Yeah, who has a wife as well. I was confused. This is the the there's the three the three men from the yes, flashback. Yeah. The judge, the father, and the other one. Yes, the other one. That's the gay one. Yeah, because he. I know. I think the bad guy calls, him, calls a fag, him a fag. He calls him a fag. Yeah, but I thought he had a wife in this film. Does he not? Or was he just dancing with some random lady at the end of it?
1: Well, he dances with her
2: grandmother. The grandma, oh, maybe I just didn't see the age difference because yeah. they were both all by the. Okay, my
3: Okay. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, right, shall we move on to verdicts? Sure.
2: Alex, you have um, the floor. Tapper, tapper, tapper. It's a look, thing. it
3: wasn't my cup of tea, but I can see why people would like this movie. So I'll recommend it on the basis that it's not. <laughs>
1: no, come on. If it's my warriors, you have to hate it. Well, yeah, this
3: feels unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I have come to accept that Warriors is not the the foot of the movie world. Like of it's. We've <laughs> it um, seen many movies. Low, lower but ankle. There are definitely <laughs> worse films in this genre that aren't even Australian. Like this is, this is not a terrible movie. I'm willing to accept that it may have been <clears throat> my mood, and
1: <gasps> I just thought of another movie, baby. I want to replace bringing it on with The Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks, okay, I've yeah, seen that on one. The murals one so, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a better movie, babies.
3: But, yeah, so I'm, I don't think I personally will ever watch it again because I have fulfilled that need to watch it for the podcast. <laughs> but I can see why other people would like this movie. So go for it on the basis that, you know, it is Baz Luhrmann's first success.
2: So why not? First
1: Andy's first success.
2: Yeah, This is a tough one for me. I hate, like I said, it's been a while since I've watched it, but my memory is I do not like his Romeo and Juliet and I hate Moulin Rouge. We're going to see because it's been like years since I've seen both of them. But for me, this is at least interesting to see where those kind of came from because my issue with those other movies are it's, they're ridiculous. Like he's gone so high concept with how everything is so flashy and exciting. It's just like, calm the fuck down, mate. But then this film, I'm like, mate, Smile, like have some fun with the movie, and I'm like. Apparently, I need an in between, so it's it's tough though because I'm I'm going to complain about the exact opposite in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I was never excited. So like, what you're saying, Seb, is you're a terrible person. I'm just saying maybe I just I will see maybe my opinions have changed over the years with the other movies, but maybe I'm just not into Baz Luhrmann. You know, maybe just I'm sure he's not into you either. So that's it's fair. fine. I'm like it's like. <sighs> The couple of things I liked in this movie, like I said, the father story is great. I like the, the vi- the villain of the piece. I just, it sucks. that I just did not care about the main character at all. And we follow him as the main through so much of this. I
1: will say Paul Mercurio is a, uh, dry, lacking chari- charis- charisma. Yeah. He does lack charisma.
2: And I didn't need him to be like crazy flashy either, but just, I just needed to care about him. Like, he was it just became annoying because I didn't care about him and everyone in his life is nagging him. So all they are doing is nagging a character I don't care about. So I don't even feel like, wow, I need this guy to go out and do something to make himself happy. Because I just didn't care about him either. So it's tough. It's I'm gonna lean towards a not recommend. But I'm surprised. Gasp. But it's not it's not a shitty movie. It just was it just wasn't very good for me. Like it's fine. It's just not for me. It
1: doesn't mean meet- Yeah, but you like the Warriors, so I At guess we Warriors, know yeah. where your taste levels are. I mean, for me, this point. is this is an unpolished gem. Um, I think it's a really great concept and it's it just it just doesn't tip, it doesn't reach the pinnacle of execution that would make this like a must-see movie classic. I think as far as Australian cinema goes, this is probably my favorite favourite Australian movie um, of all time. And I think it very much did shape my personal aesthetic. This and the Red Curtain trilogy, which we'll explore in the next couple of weeks, really did kind of affect uh, my aesthetic growing up, or at least when I saw them, which was I think it was after 1992. I don't know. I can't remember. But, yeah, I think the, the comedy and Baz Luhrmann's approach to storytelling is just so interesting. Uh, where Tarantino pulls movie tropes, I think Baz Luhrmann pulls, like, character tropes like and, like, weird characters that you don't usually meet. Um, you see less and less of that moving forward but it definitely in this one everything is pulled together for one purpose there's no real uh there's no real missing scenes or extra scenes um i think the development of the of the villain and then the twist at the end with the family is just something that would you could definitely see happening in this sort of environment yeah. and i really enjoyed um this is one of my favorite films of all time and i am not ashamed to say it uh so it's a yes from me and i'm going to do a prequel
2: Hmm. about the parents or just uh, so
1: I'll see what ridiculous things you put throw at me
3: action drama
1: I will I will say that this has (laughs) been turned into a musical that is Broadway bound in the next couple years Mm -hmm. okay
2: so action drama is what you want yeah action drama hmm damn it I was thinking like a detective story, but I, 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 I don't give him three fucking genres to work with because that's just, that's just annoying. Um, so an action drama and one of the main characters is a talking child's toy. What?
1: One of the main <laughs> characters is a talking child's toy.
2: Yep. I was vague though. It could be a, it could be a horsey or a doll or a, or a spade. Not a Spanish person. I should clarify, I mean, like a shovel and spade. Like, uh, I don't know why I had Spaniard? to clarify that. What, the were, what, the racist term what for were the What were the genres that you
1: gave me, Alex? <laughs> action action drama. drama. Good. Okay, so <laughs> action drama. What what this is going to be is actually going to be a movie about mental illness, and and, yes. and Scott's Scott's father um basically struggling with that while working towards the pan pacific championships pan mm. pacific national whatever they say yeah. um so i think this is before the the final bit but you do see uh for whatever reason the band guy has hired someone to basically sabotage their dance studio
2: i hope it's a small talking toy
1: no 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 <laughs> 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 when they go in he finds an action figure and the action figure tells him what's happened here and he has to go find the guy and of course he gets his two best friends bill fife and the other one to help him and you know and then all the time we're switching between this like hyper colored um visual kind of weird world when we look when we're viewing it through his father's eyes and then the real world when we're outside of his perspective can't do you have you seen that new TV show happy
2: i've seen the tr- yeah like an episode something
1: like that where he's having conversations with this action figure um or whatever like this G.I. Joe dressed up as a dancer or something uh and so that's how we get the action drama, and the very end is them basically fixing it and unknowingly foiling Bill Hunter's plans to basically close down their dance studio so that they will start teaching at his dance studio. Uh, and then they start training. And that's that's when uh, Scott's mum uh, basically writes him off. At the very end of that, says, no, you're sick. You I- need to take a step back.
2: I have some studio notes here. Um Mm-hmm. Our, test, mm-hmm. our test screening went pretty well mm-hmm. um, but the audience really liked the talking action figure so um, we would like if possible can we get his soul transferred into the body of another character so he can live on in the sequel
1: now unfortunately Scott's dad had to throw it into a fire uh, uh, and a gonna... soul destroying fire. It literally said, if you throw me in there, you'll destroy my soul. I'll never be able to speak again in any iteration of any narrative. So mm. I guess this is goodbye, old friend, but S- throws the, him in the anyway. Studio
2: notes are asking for an after credit sequence though of his soul um, remains so a little bit. Just like this is
1: non-negotiable, and I will just go to another studio. I don't care. This is my masterpiece. So tell you what. Blu-ray extra.
2: We'll put an extra on the Blu-ray. and no, no
1: Blu-ray release. This is film only. Two cinemas ever. Okay, Just he, constantly. But though. the
2: ushers get to tell people that rumor has it. Mutes, deaf mutes. But in in Morse code, of course, they'll bring up the no navy. The soul. How are they going to usher? They
1: <laughs> Actually, you know what? No ushers. This is free. We're just going to let people come in and see it. I'm glad that we've had this discussion. (laughs) Goodbye, studio. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. So if you want to get in contact with us, there are a number of ways to do it. You can go to our website, which is SecondTakePodcast.com.
3: Or you can email us, because we have one of those things. We are SecondTakePodcast at gmail.com. And
2: always we have got Facebook, you know, Facebook slash SecondTake. Is that right? Sure, yeah, yeah, sure that yeah. one or second take podcast you you find it, yeah, oh. and twitter at second
1: take t n c
3: or we we have an Instagram funnily enough, sometimes we post video not well, actually, we actually have no videos. no videos of pictures though that are
2: funny <laughs> there, were,
1: there was a quite a smart tweed jacket on there the other day, oh yes,
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I got bored um, <laughs> <laughs> really. Also, um, if you guys want to support the show, we also have a link to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash second take. Um, this is a, a, a big variety of ways that you guys can give to us. It starts as little as $1 per month, which is 12 bucks a year. And it's pretty, pretty low and pretty simple. But we've also got sort of a group goal going at the moment there. So once we hit our first target, which is collectively...
1: Um, go to that'snotkindofproductions.com, dot com, which is the mothership for all of the other po- all of our other podcasts.
2: Yeah, yeah. In
1: one of them, I'm a wizard. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I get to torture that wizard. It's even better.
3: <sighs> and maybe just one day there'll be solo podcasts that we
1: do. That solo you can find podcasts, there. yeah, where we just talk.